Connected by purpose, driven by passion. This is Children's Healthcare Canada's Spark Conversations podcast series. Welcome to Spark Conversations, Children's Healthcare Canada's monthly solution-focused podcast that connects the child and youth health community with systems leaders who tackle wicked problems and discuss ideas to inform the development of innovative and integrated systems serving children and youth. I'm Dr. Catherine Smart, and today, in honour of Pain Awareness Month, I'm delighted to be speaking with Dr. Katie Burney about pediatric pain management. Dr. Burney is a clinical psychologist and assistant professor in the Department of Anesthesiology, Perioperative and Pain Medicine at the University of Calgary, where she leads the Partnering for Pain Patient-Orientated Research Program. She is the Associate Scientific Director of Solution for Kids in Pain, also known as SCIP, a national knowledge mobilization network working to improve children's pain through coordination and collaboration. Dr. Burney also provides clinical care to youth living with pain and their families at the Alberta Children's Hospital. Dr. Burney chaired the national working group that developed the world's first national health standard for pediatric pain management with SCIP and the health standards organizations published in April of 2023. Hello, Katie, and welcome to Spark Conversations. Hi, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Such an important topic. So Katie, I'm going to dive right in. Um, You obviously recently led the development of the National Pediatric Pain Management Standard, the first of its kind in the world, so a big deal. Once again, we see Canada playing a leader in pain management for children. So can you tell us a bit about the National Pediatric Pain Management Standard and how it was created? Absolutely. So you're right to say it's the first of its kind in Canada and the first of its kind in the world, um, which is a phenomenal opportunity where we've been able to lead in an area both Uh, in child health. So there is no pain standard even for adults in Canada or internationally. So so truly, truly, we're leading the way with child health at the the forefront. So this, as you said in your your introduction, um, this came about through a partnership between SCIP and the Health Standards Organization. And the Health Standards Organization is a a national organization that really works in the development of of health standards or um, to create standards of, of Canada in particular areas in health. So uh, we set out to do this. We had a working group of about uh, 15 different folks uh, with diverse expertise in this area and included uh, people with lived experience, so their own lived experience of pain during childhood or as caregivers or family partners, uh, diverse health professionals from across the country, including physicians, psychologists, physical therapists, child life specialists, nursing, um, as well as hospital administrators, so people, people in managerial roles within hospitals um, and uh, um, uh, experts in the development of health standards. And it really lays out uh, criteria for how hospitals that serve um, children from birth up to 19 years of age in any hospital in Canada, so those children's hospitals, but also community hospitals, it lays out guidance on how to deliver quality, equitable pain management um, in all areas of the hospital. So medical procedures, surgeries, the emergency departments, um, but also in the context of chronic pain or pain that lasts months to years. Wow, that's fantastic. And so important. You know, I find in my own practice, this is such an area where people can really struggle. Uh, So it's incredible to have those guidelines to sort of lead the way in terms of best practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I I will say, you know, Canada is a world leader in producing pain research. So the knowledge about how to best effectively manage children's pain 
Um, but we're very behind in actually applying that knowledge and expertise into practice. And I think it's really reasonable that families across Canada um, can expect that their kids, when they go into hospital, are getting the best possible care with the knowledge that we have now. Uh, and this standard just really helps us to bridge that gap more effectively and efficiently. That's fantastic and leads really into my next question, which is, you know, knowing that this national standard was released in April of 2023, and, and as you've already stated, it's so important to get that information out there. What have you and Skip and the Health Standards Organization been doing since since the launch to socialize, promote and implement this standard across the country? Yeah, so the standard itself was released on April 3rd, 2023. And I'll just put a shout out there that it's actually available for free. So anybody can download download it from the Health Standards Organization website in English or in French. And it was launched on April 3rd. Uh, and we had an incredible launch period of time. So we were, we were just timely. I think it speaks to the relevance of child health. Um, actually, pain is a priority area um, in Canada at the moment and got incredible media uh, uptake around the standard um, across, you know, television, print, um, and radio, up to 131 million views, uh, you know, in terms of folks. Wow. So if you live in Canada, you basically heard about it, which is and which is pretty incredible. Um, and since that time, I don't have the updated stats now, but as of June, we um, the standard had been downloaded almost 900 times from about 54 different countries around the world. So there's clearly a lot of interest both uh, within Canada itself, but just also nationally in, in what we're doing. And, and I bring all of that up just to say, you know, building awareness of, that the issue of, of children's pain management and the existence and importance of a standard like this is really a first step uh, towards uh, its implementation and, and ensuring that uh, it has impact. So certainly we got off to, to the right start um, out of the gate and, and really had uh, some incredible success uh, at that point. And really, we've also been engaging in a whole variety of other activities. Um, the primary audience for the standard, as is true for any health standard, really are those organizational leaders within hospitals in this case, as well as health professionals, but of course, also family members uh, who are really important advocates and partners, which this standard also highlights uh, key partners in uh, any child's uh, care, including their pain management. So we've been meeting with a variety of, of hospital leaders uh, across the country and senior management um, to really share about the standard and begin to have conversations about how uh, it can be implemented as a priority area uh, within their hospitals. Uh, we've also been presenting and sharing with a variety of health professional organizations, um, whether that's physicians or, or nurses or child life specialists and so on, um, and also sharing it publicly, you know, including also um, in mixed audiences where there will also be uh, children and, and youth and, and families. We're also working increasingly with um, implementation experts to really say, you know, um, as Skip with our six hubs across the country, very well embedded with incredible expertise within our organization, but how to mobilize knowledge about children's pain into practice and policy um, as well, um, you know, and, re and really drawing on that to work closely with uh, hospitals. Uh, we're also engaging with policymakers. So here in Canada, um, we have a pain policy group within Health Canada, which really came out of a national uh, Canadian pain task force that published an action plan for pain in Canada in 2021. Uh, and things like this national health standard were really identified 
as priorities to really tackle this um, huge problem of poorly managed pain that we have in Canada across the lifespan. So we've been sharing with um, policymakers within government um, who have a keen interest in this, um, both as uh, priority areas for child health, but also just priority areas uh, for families, whether it relates to pain and mental health uh, or substance use, uh, and having conversations to make sure pain is on um, and is part of those priority conversations around mental health and substance use, which we know tend to co-occur particularly uh, with chronic pain. Uh, and we should really be having all of these conversations together uh, as standards are being developed in those areas across the country as well. So we've been doing a lot already, but we certainly know we're not done yet. Uh, and we're continuing, uh, like I said, to uh, engage in those conversations and are excited to be putting into place more opportunities to draw folks in um, with resources and support and expertise to ensure they can implement aspects of the standard or the whole standard as quickly and effectively as possible. That's fantastic. You guys have taken such a comprehensive approach. But you know, what I'm wondering is how you're finding time for your clinical practice uh, amongst all this work you've been doing, because it really sounds like the scale of it is, is clearly massive. Um, so it's, it's incredible. So congratulations. And, and thank you for your leadership in this space. Oh, thanks, Catherine. I'm certainly not doing it alone, right? I think, you know, with something like this, I mean, it's why an organization like SKIP is valuable. SKIP has a close partnership with Children's Healthcare Canada. Um, and Children's Healthcare Canada has been a co-leading organization with SKIP over the past five years now. And, uh, you know, opportunities, connections, diverse experts, really creating space for folks to own and be engaged. And, Many are. People are excited to make sure that they're delivering the best care for children and families. And poorly managed pain is is not something that's only hard for, for children and their families, but it's also hard for health professionals as well. And to know that you're doing everything you can and ensuring a, um, a great care experience uh, is something I think we, we all want to be part of. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I've often thought about that in my own work as a pediatrician. It's those moments where you're having to do painful procedures or suggest something for a child that you know will be uncomfortable that are often sort of the worst parts of the work, right? Because no one enjoys making someone not feel good. So I think, you know, as we improve our ability to do those necessary things, but in the best way possible, it, it really does change the experience for everyone. So I think that really leads us to the next question, which is, you know, this is an incredible initiative. It's obviously very comprehensive. I would love to hear from you what impact you feel the standard can have on healthcare for children and youth, what, what it means for Canada's children and the health professionals who work with and for them, and, and what difference you're seeing it making already. Yeah, it's a, it's a big question. And, you know, we hope for, for great things, of course, when you put out something like a health standard. I mean, I think the things, some of the things I've been reflecting on and learning and, and talking about through conversations with others, some are certainly specific to the area of, of children's pain management, but some are much broader and much uh, go well beyond uh, pain management specifically. I think there are key things within this health standard that really talk about patient partnered care and this idea of um, uh, really uh, ensuring that children and youth and family members are considered equal members of their healthcare team, that their expertise is valued and, and it's listened to. Um, you know, specifically in this area, we, we, we also talk about uh, children who cannot 
communicate verbally, but how pain is so subjective and, and we really need to be relying and building up um, the communication um, ability and flexibility of the children themselves, but also their families in that process. But I think that's something that, that really, you know, should apply across all areas of child health and, and healthcare in general. The other piece we really took on in this was ensuring a strong uh, equity-oriented approach as part of quality pain care. So really trying to move forward these ideas that uh, equitable pain management um, include, you know, pain care that is um, anti-oppressive, anti-racist, anti-ableist, culturally informed, individually tailored, and, and trauma and violence informed. Uh, and so, you know, we really engaged, in addition to our national working group, an additional five um, experts, um, whether it was areas related to um, Black children, Black youth, youth of color, Indigenous youth and families, uh, to ensure that um, what we were putting forward in the criteria and the standard and the guidelines around it um, really tried to tackle that equity piece. And there are many areas of children's pain that have um, you know, been inequitable and unfortunately continue to be so. But I think we also see that in, in some of the existing health systems and practices um, that continue. So I hope this also, um, you know, on behalf of our working group, I think we all also hoped to see this as a, um, a leap forward kind of in that conversation. And I think just standards in general give us an opportunity that, you know, other um, uh, clinical practice guidelines or um, other guideline documents around uh, best practice um, don't necessarily have. So a standard is so comprehensive. We're tackling what needs to happen both at the individual health professional, patient and family interaction in terms of the types of treatments that have evidence behind them. But we're also tackling how does the health system uh, need to change or need to adapt to ensure that health professionals um, are supported and able to actually carry out that uh, practice in those individual encounters. So whether that's quality improvement, what supports organizational leaders need to put into place, you know, things that need to connect within the um, health record or resources uh, that need to be available and accessible to health professionals and families. So those are some of the things that, you know, I think about that, that certainly have applicability uh, more broadly, and I think are really exciting about this health standard in particular. Oh, absolutely. And and I think, like you say, you know, just drawing it to those broader systems issues and really some of these challenges that really overarch care delivery across the spectrum of care that we try to deliver and, and how you've been able to bring sort of awareness through those, through something like pain, which really, you know, does permeate a lot of different aspects of care and, and is experienced in a lot of different ways. So I, th I think it's really interesting how you can take what you know, might be perceived as, as simply a clinical issue, but really relate it to the health system and these broader equity issues as well. So I think those those links are probably really helpful um, and help all of us think a little bit about, you know, the systems we work in, how they're designed and what that means for the, the care that we provide patients. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, what do you think needs to happen for more children's hospitals and community hospitals serving children and youth to be able to implement this standard? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, isn't it, uh, Catherine? And, and some of the things we've been chatting a lot about, I mean, I think, uh, you know, of course, we want to see everybody adopt the, the entirety of the health standard. You know, we do, of course, think everything in there matters. 
But I think, you know, for me and and for many folks I've been chatting with, it's really also making sure that pain isn't a separate issue. Pain and the proper management of pain really touches all area. Um, all areas of children's health, whether it's medical procedures, you know, whether it's, um, you know, show pain is a primary reason, right? Primary symptom people are showing up within the emergency department. About 20% of youth who undergo major surgery will develop chronic pain and about 20% of youth will deal with pain that lasts months to years or chronic pain before they reach adulthood. And so it is a really common prevalent issue, but we have great solutions to do so. So I think what we also hope to see in the standard is where folks can see where pain is part of other conversations and priorities that are already um, at play in child health. So I mentioned mental health and substance use already. Um, Those are key areas where pain either puts people at risk um, and or is a consequence of uh, some of those challenges. But another key piece in the standard where we're getting a lot of traction in conversation is a criteria. Uh, So there's 34 criteria in the standard, but one of the criteria outlines poorly managed or preventable pain as a patient safety incident. And we know patient safety is such a key priority issue um, for child health, but also for the health system in general. And so pain just needs to be part of that conversation too, as we're coming up with other systems and uh, solutions and organization-wide solutions about how to identify and review and address other patient safety concerns, let's make sure that pain is on that list. Um, so I think those are, are ways that, um, you know, I, I think we can continue to make strides and, and really um, bring this piece into the broader conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you outlined so clearly, it's such a common experience for people seeking care, that really everyone needs to be thinking about it, uh, integrating it into their practice approach. And and I think all of us need to be learning more about what to do and, and how to provide that care at, at, you know, at a level that meets the knowledge that we now have. Um, and it's such a great example, I think, of an area that's really developed. You know, when I think 20 years ago, when I started in pediatrics, we didn't talk about this a whole lot, right? You know, we certainly talked, I think, about somewhat about acute pain, but but situating pain the way you've been describing it, I don't think we were necessarily having those conversations. So it's it's great to see something so important really evolving into this much more holistic approach um, to make sure that we're we're all developing those skills and really making sure the care that we give is is sensitive to the the people we're trying to serve. So again, thank you for your leadership in this space. I think it's really really key. And, and I'm curious in that vein, how you feel, you know, you mentioned the partnership with Children's Healthcare Canada. What can organizations like Children's Healthcare Canada and others do to support their members and partners in the implementation effort of something that's so critical for kids and youth? Yeah, um, I think, you know, top of mind, the, the health standard is available, um, uh, you know, for healthcare organizations and healthcare leaders to access. Um, it's not a required part of accreditation, um, but it's available so that organi- organizations can elect to be um, assessed against it on a voluntary basis. So just to a shout out to those organizational leaders who might be listening, um, this is a chance to, uh, to elect to do that and ensure that your institution is really a leader in um putting into practice what we already know works, right? And, and many simple solutions around children's pain. You mentioned Children's Healthcare Canada in particular, and you know, uh, thrilled to be speaking today uh, um, as part of this podcast series. And Children's Healthcare Canada actually launched 
Um, late in the spring, a pain practice and policy network in partnership with Skip, um, getting off the ground, meeting monthly, really pulling together pain champions from institutions uh, across the country uh, who really want to continue to uh, ensure and to tackle um, uh, some of uh, the issues around implementation of the health standard. And I know in partnership with Skip, we'll only continue to see that to grow. Um, oh, sorry, we'll continue to see that grow um, uh, over time as, as we continue to um, seek opportunities to further resource and, and support the implementation aspect of the health standard, uh, which we actively do uh, together. I think we've also seen opportunities to um, present and engage organizations like the Canadian Pediatric Society. I had the privilege of co-presenting about the health standard at their spring meeting. And I think really seeing, you know, as they put out um, position and practice statements um, and other leading organizations like CPS do, um, really tying to uh, seeing that alignment and and really ensuring that, that their guidelines, recommendations and so forth are really are consistent with uh, what's been put out within the health standard as well. Um, there's also a section in the health standard about, uh, you mentioned, you know, not being as knowledgeable in the past about some of these things. And there is a whole section about professional development uh, to create a knowledgeable and confident workforce. It's, it's one of six um, uh, sections in the standard itself. And so, you know, where we also think about how we support training all the way along, right, for health professionals and, and administrators, as far back into their um, university training, um, but also patients and families and, and folks who come in and work at all of these hospitals to make sure that um, they're well-versed and, and able to engage with it. So just some examples, I think no shortage uh, of things we can continue to build on. Oh, it's fantastic. And I just love how broad and, and again, and how comprehensive your approach is. So Katie, this sounds like a, a massive project that you've been part of. And I appreciate there's been lots of partners, but it, it's clearly been a huge body of work. So what's next for you? Oh, gosh, what a great question. Um, uh, you know, I'm really excited to uh, continue to support moving the implementation of the, the health standard forward. You know, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist. I'm also a researcher. I've had the privilege to work clinically at three different children's hospitals in the country and two adult hospitals over the course of my training and career so far. So I see the need. I care about this as a topic. Um, and, you know, it was truly an honor um, to be part of, um, as you mentioned, a group of folks um, to create something so big and so impactful um, uh, which we, you know, you hope it has that impact. It was three years in the making and, um, to see the engagement and interest and response, uh, to folks about it has been very humbling and, and, um, uh, just really exciting. Um, so I, I look forward to continuing to support this, um, uh, in a variety of different ways with all of those hats that I wear, whether it's, you know, as a, a health systems leader, as a clinical psychologist myself, or as, as a researcher, um, and just continuing really to bring other people in, because these are the types of big change um, that you definitely can't do alone. And uh, how do we make sure that that health professional who's working on that unit or in that emergency department or, you know, in that outpatient clinic to really also feel supported and engaged uh, and excited um, and able to make change within their own practice and their own institution as well. Well, thank you, Katie. It sounds to me like you've already had a huge impact and, and are really setting, well, as you said, the standard for what we should all be doing uh, across the country and, and your leadership and your teamwork in this space is so 
Fantastic. So I, I really want to thank you for sharing your insights and experience with us today. And also just for our listeners, directing them towards this resource, uh, which sounds to me could be implemented really at any level of care. So it's great for our listeners to know about that. And if they haven't been one of the people to see it yet to seek that out. So I want to thank you uh, for speaking with us today and, and sharing all your knowledge and experience. Thanks so much, Catherine. And and folks, if they're not sure where to link to it, um, they can also check out the Kids in Pain website, kidsinpain.ca. We have a link on the homepage there to an executive summary about the health standard and then to the health standard itself through the health standards organization. And there you can also find one pagers uh, or brief pagers. They're actually more than one page uh, for health professionals and for uh, youth and families about uh, the health standard itself. And thanks again for the invitation and a real pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. So to all our listeners, stay safe and be well. To stay up to date on all our Spark offerings, including upcoming podcast series, please visit our website at childrenshealthcarecanada.ca and subscribe to our Spark News by Weekly e-bulletin if you haven't already. Thanks for listening to Spark Conversations. And before we go, show some love for your new podcast series by leaving us a review and then join us again next month. Thanks, everyone.